What a time to be alive. Baseball is dominating the sports news cycle in the offseason, but for all of the wrong reasons. A powerhouse team is caught cheating. Award season is over, and the Twins made a solid move. All that and more on today's episode of the Stitches Podcast. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manderfeld. We've got another great episode on tap for you today, and I can promise you that we are not spying on whatever signs you are putting down right now. We have no camera in center field. If you know what I'm talking about, great. If you don't, we'll get to it. Houston Astros cheating. That's essentially what it is. But before that, we got the panel on tap here. No Noah Manderfeld today. He is busy with lots of stuff. We'll be back for our next episode, but for now, it's me. We got Robert Stangler and Nick Budig. What's up, guys? Well, we are finally got some nice weather up here. Been enjoying that. It's nice weather, like negative 50. Yeah, that's kind of when we get excited. See the sun for once. Yeah. It's like uh, a huge like coming out party for everybody when there's a sun out for like one day of the year. Yeah, we have a huge festival. Everyone... Sheds their fourth wool coat. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. Robert, are you doing well, too? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. I'm actually kind of sad that Noah's not here because we have a streak going for the name game. And unfortunately, it will not continue because he's not here. Well, I guess we can give him a pass on this one. All right. If you, so the streak, if you, so the streak continue continues. It. All right. So if I get it, the streak it. continues. Yeah. Sounds good. Wow. If you continue it, I will let this slide. And wow. Noah can continue it next week, man. I appreciate it. Yep. That's what I do that for you beautiful. guys. That's beautiful. All right. Before we get into the name game and our conversation, I just want to give a shout out to our man, Zach Hiring at State Farm in Moorhead. We'll have an ad from in the middle of the show. Make sure to check him out on Facebook. He has generously uh, offered to support us for the next four-ish months of the off season. Uh, so make sure to give our man some love. Also, uh, we are on all the podcast platforms. So <clears> make sure you hit that subscribe button. Rate, review, tell your friends. We'd love to reach as many baseball fans as possible. Like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at StitchesPod. That's at StitchesPod. And send your questions. We'd love to get your questions on the show. Our email is thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. That's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. Let's do the name game here. I can hear Nick is fiddling with his hamburger helper, his dinner for the (laughs) evening. So that's good. <laughs> By the way, it's getting cold. Hey, tell us, tell us what your favorite hamburger helper is. My favorite hamburger helper is the cheeseburger macaroni. Yeah, that's terrible. And it's <laughs> the best thing ever. Everyone knows beef stroganoff is the champ of all. It's not. It's not. And if you really want it, like if for all the college students that listen out there, get ground turkey. You can get it for dollar fifty at Walmart. So get just like load up on a bunch of packs of ground turkey. You can make hamburger helper for literally like two bucks in total. It's good stuff. It is a survival guide. Yeah. You get that, get some ramen, and then maybe splurge a little bit on some like skippy peanut butter, and really you've got yourself yeah. like a whole day's worth of a meal. Like probably right get there. some Pepto. Yeah. Like seriously, yeah. Okay, that's that's <laughs> 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 oh your pets there. You don't want to get your stomach your stomach uh you don't want to really just hurt yourself. <laughs> Nick has got all the tips. Mm-hmm. All right, name game today. Like I said, Noah's not here, so can't keep the streak going. But Robert is here in his, well, not in his stead, but 
he can keep the things going for both. The name today is Trevor Holiday. Wow. Trevor Holiday. Facts. For the holiday season's coming up. Facts. This is a second baseman in the Seattle Mariners organization. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Very interesting, indeed. So, Robert, put you on the spot first, man. Oh, man. Trevor Holiday. First name again? Trevor. Okay. Man, Trevor. Like the guy that makes those White Claw videos. Okay. Trevor Holiday. Shout out to Trevor who makes the White Claw videos. Doesn't sponsor us. Yeah. Yes. That is a player. All right. Robert says, yes, indeed. Nick says? Uh, No. No. Nick says no. So one of you are going to be wrong on this one. Luke says? I can't. I can't. What do you say? (laughs) What do you think I am? Yeah, obviously. Trying to trick me on that one. I mean, I've had a long uh, few weeks. I'm pretty tired. We've got a lot of stuff going on, but I'm not that tired. Don't try to trick me on that, man. All right, name game. We will tell you at the end of the show if that is indeed a name or not. All right, let's talk some Houston Astros, some cheating Astros. Keep throwing out these accusations. Let's kind of back them up here. So um, the Astros essentially have been accused. Or I guess they were past accusations at this point. There was a pretty damning report in The Athletic that showed the, the Astros were using cameras, a direct feed in center field, to uh, relay to the dugout where someone would actually bang on a garbage can to tip the batters off if it was an off-speed pitch. And you can, like, legit go on Twitter and find a video of hearing, like, the garbage can getting banged, like, on, like, like a change-up count or, like, a curveball, like, when the catcher puts the signs down. So, uh, obviously, against the rules, you could not, even uh, in 2017, before MLB tightened up the rules, you could not use technology to aid sign stealing or anything like that. And so MLB is investigating. But a lot of the accusations are coming out. Ken Rosenthal had a pretty good report kind of confirming those. He actually just wrote a report saying that Astros asked the scouts to help steal signs. So just it really seems like the organization, it kind of went to its core, this scandal. And obviously 2017 is a big year in that franchise's history. Won the World Series. Jose Altuve won MVP. And now it just seems like there's a big cloud over that season and over baseball right now. Um, Lots of the cheating has been accused, not just for the Astros, but throughout baseball. Robert... Does this kind of taint what the Astros have accomplished in the last, you know, four-ish years? They've had a pretty good run of success, but this is kind of uh, overshadowing it a little bit. Yeah, I think it's definitely a problem. And we looked at the Astros as one of the teams that everyone was looking up to. They had the way of the prospects in the minor leagues as they drafted, and everyone trying to copy that image. And now you look at how they've been going about it by cheating. That's, That's not right. And I don't know, and I'm not one to really uh, accu- give accusations to these kind of things. I know there's there's things out there that say they've cheated. There's there's all this, but I don't assume until everything is like completely like I, I know you're saying Luke that they're pretty much are in trouble for this, but I'm not quite sure if it's all set in stone 100. percent But let's just say they did cheat 100. percent So I'll, I'll take that opinion there. If they did cheated, this is not how you do it. And if you look at baseball. It's okay to steal signs in my book if you do it the right way. But if you do it with technology, like you said, Luke, this is the the absolute worst thing you could possibly do in baseball is cheat with technology to get an advantage over the next teams, say pitching or their methods of running. Any any kind of attribute that you can steal from is an advantage. And when that happens, 
yes, you can say this World Series or this playoff series was tainted. And so it really just changes the whole image of the whole organization of the Houston Astros. They're not going to be respected or loved anymore. Maybe even by their own fan base might not respect them as much. That's a huge blow, not only to the Astros, but to baseball in general, because now we have this as a problem. We're not talking about the steroid era anymore. That's a huge issue in the sport. Yeah, and you look at just kind of the Astros' recent history. Let's just take you through. You remember in that 2017 postseason run, Yuli Gurriel did the Asian. Uh, he, like, slanted his eyes, yeah. kind of like a racial yep. slur mm-hmm. toward you, Darvish, after hitting a home run. <laughs> then you look at this last postseason in 2019, and Brandon Taubman, the assistant GM, was fired for making light of uh, um, domestic assault mm-hmm. um, with Roberto Ozuna. And now this comes out. And to me, this just stinks of an organization that was too too powerful to even care. They thought they were too good for everybody. And it seems like that's a vibe that a lot of other uh, front office folks were getting from the Astros, too, and some players as well. Um, it's pretty, I mean, you look at the report, Mike Fires, a former pitcher for the Astros, actually came out and admitted that this was a thing. So, I mean, there's even former players coming out. And you know it's bad when former players actually speak out. Hey, Nick. What's kind of your gut reaction to this Astros news and just kind of the Astros organization in general in the last few years, what we've heard kind of behind the scenes? I mean, I think what you said is uh, puts it right on the head, maybe think they're too powerful. Uh, They all of a sudden, I mean, pretty much when we were growing up, they were kind of the doormat of the league. Uh, They're kind of always struggling. They never really had much power to get out of that uh, NL Central division. Then they moved to the AL Central to do a little bit better. And now all of a sudden they're the powerhouse. And I think saying that maybe they're – too powerful for their own good is something that that is a reality. Um, I mean, we already talked about the scandal, and uh, I think that's already a reason teams are already starting to not like them. Fans are not starting to like them, and now this comes out uh, that they're that they have a strong possibility that they're cheating. But I also think it's it's it'd be naive of us to think that more teams aren't doing it. I do think this might be a, a just a, a league wide uh, probe for MLB and really something that that uh, Manfred's going to really look at and try to pin down on all teams. And I think all teams, there might there might be even more news breaking out of this because this is kind of the technology era. I think they're with live feeds. They're so quick now. There is It can easily be uh, more cheating. But with the Astros, I think it's just a terrible situation for them. They just won the World Series a couple of years ago. Um, they're in, in it this year. And again, like, they, like we talked about, they're a powerhouse team. They've made some amazing runs in the past couple of years. But it almost seems like, there's going to be always that asterisk next to this after the season. There's kind of this black mark going on with them. Fans are going to stop stop really really giving them credit for what they did because maybe they're cheating. Maybe there's more ways they're cheating. Uh, so I think that's something to really look into. And maybe maybe the MLB comes down hard on them to set an example. But uh, some I I think we can all agree something needs to happen with them if this is true. And I think obviously there is a slight chance this is could be wrong. It's a coincidence with the drums and the hands and the whistles, but. I think this is it's it's a rough it's gonna be an interesting post off season for the MLB. I agree, and this has dominated the sports cycle, like I said, in the off season where usually it's football dominating mm-hmm. right now in the NBA, but baseball's really taking over, which is interesting but sucks because this is a story that's taking over and it's not a good yep. story. I just want to know who who do you guys think the guy was banging the the garbage can? <laughs> like, did no they idea. hire did they hire like a part time like intern to like hey by the way they ever throw down anything but a one? Gotta be a spy. That garbage can, yeah. (laughs) Gotta be a pretty good spy. Innocent bat boy. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's just a bat boy, guys. Come on. Didn't know what was going on. Yeah, he didn't know what was going on. He's 16 years old. They're paying him 12 bucks an hour. Bang this this drum when we tell you to. 
Yeah, so him can, or her. It could be a woman. Or her. Can we talk right. about, like, the managers? I mean, we look at Alex Cora's now with the Red Sox. There's been a scandal. I don't know if it was last year or if it was two years ago, but about the Apple Watch, you were talking about technology. Yeah, yeah. That. that there's, yeah. all, there's like, some kind of edge with technology now that we have that access to it, that they're finding new ways to cheat. And now that's just one way, the one way with the Astros, and there's this other way with the Alex Cora and the Red Sox. And Alex Cora knew about this Astros scandal going on when he was on – the uh, the Houston Astros as yeah, a bench as, coach. yeah as a bench coach exactly so is this did did he take a piece of what the Astros had and brought it over to Boston is that possible now I'm not trying Good to happen. accuse I'm not accusing the Red Sox and like I said I'm not trying to accuse the Astros either until like I get everything in front of me because I I just I don't want to be that guy to just accuse teams right away I just can't it's just not in my blood okay. But I will say, if if the worst case scenario is that either cheated, there's some connection, there's a correlation there, and something's got to give to not only investigate Cora, but maybe look into Carlos Beltran, who just got hired as manager for the Mets as well. Like this is this is a problem because maybe now everyone's linking on to what the Astros did, and like Nick said, could this grow? Is there going to be more of this cheating aspect now down the road, and people and teams are trying to find different ways to cheat now? That is not good if that is the case. And how do we fix it? Well, look at um, look at remember the story that came out with the Astros. They said they were spying on the Indians dugout, and in that I think it was what playoffs was it? Was it twenty eighteen? They were spying on the dugout or whatever, and the Indians said, "Hey, they're spying on us." But the Astros were like, "No, we were just making sure you weren't spying on us." It's like, uh, well, you look back at that now. I right. would almost bet that the Astros were trying to pull something. So right. just you look back and you're right. Like the two managers in Cora and Beltron, Beltron was actually one of the players pretty highly likely was involved with that 2007 thing because the report said um, about a, a hitter that, that was struggling in the first month of the season. And I think a writer went down and, and actually like looked at who was struggling in the first month of the season, 2017 and Beltron was one of the ones. And so I wonder if Beltron was actually one of the masterminds behind this, but I, that would be unfortunate because I'm a big fan of him. He was huge for the Cardinals franchise when he got to play there for a few years. So um, I don't know. There's just a, there's a lot to come out, and MLB is investigating. So I'm sure we'll get some word on penalties mm-hmm. or any infractions mm-hmm. here in the next few months. Uh, definitely a storyline to keep an eye on. Uh, but let's move on to some positive news, right? Let's move on to awards season. So the awards were announced last week. Uh, the MVP, Cy Young's Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year's. Um, Hank Aaron Awards, all that good stuff, gold gloves. And let me just kind of go down the list here, and we'll just kind of cherry pick a few of the ones that are more interesting, and then we'll move on. But MVP award, AL MVP was Mike Trout. Not really a surprise there. Dude's a stud and has always been a stud. And then in the National League, Cody Bellinger wins for the the Dodgers. We'll be talking about that one. That one was a bit more interesting. And for Cy Young's American League, uh, Cy Young went to Justin Verlander with the Astros, beating out his teammate Garrett Cole. That one's a little bit controversial, too. And then in the National League, Jacob deGrom, no one really talked about him all season, but then all of a sudden he just went Cy Young for a second straight year. Just a beast for the Mets. And then for Rookie of the Year's, AL Rookie of the Year's, Jordan Alvarez with this, the Astros. National League Rookie of the Year was Pete Alonzo with the Mets, who set the home run record for a rookie. Both uh, were pretty indisputable. Then the Manager of the Year, American League Manager of the Year is Rocco Baldelli with the Minnesota Twins. Then NL Manager of the Year was Mike Schelt with the Cardinals. So some interesting ones to pull out there. I'm going to start with the National League MVP, Cody Bellinger. Uh, 47 home runs, 115 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, hit over 300. His on-base percentage is over 400. His slugging percentage is over 600. 
a good season by any measure, but there's some controversy here because the other two guys he beat out, Christian Yelich and Anthony Rendon, also had pretty stud-like seasons. Robert, how did you kind of view this race and how it kind of came down to Bellinger here? Well, it always seems like there's a different topic to be discussed every second half, every every year, every season. It's always something different. And that's the thing. I think we have to look at if we're going to do this, let's stick to a criteria until something completely changes the landscape of the game. Cody Bellinger did not change the landscape of the game in the second half. In fact, he was just as good as Mike Trout. Wasn't great. Was pretty good. If you look at Rendon's second half, he looked like one of the best second halves in the last like three years. He just dominated the game. And if you look at how you carry a team, how you go about it, first, second, stay consistent. Rendon was more consistent than Trout and Bellinger. Now, I understand Trout's in the American League, so let's not get too carried away with that. But for Cody Bellinger's sake, you could look at Yelich. He had an amazing first half. Then the second half, he got hurt. He missed the last month and a half to two months. So Rendon deservedly should be higher than Christian Yelich on my board. Now you look at Bellinger. What did I say? Bellinger did not have a great second half. It was pretty good, but it wasn't that great. He went into big slumps. In uh, He had a month where he was just so bad, and he just struck out so much, couldn't hit pitches away. He did not look like the vintage Cody Bellinger in that first half. So I would really argue that Anthony Rendon was definitely the better choice. And I know a lot of people might disagree and look at, well, Bellinger did this, Bellinger did that in the first half. And you're looking at Rendon like he was pretty good in the first half too. Then he took it over to the second half, and look where the Nationals ended up. The NL wild card. And he was a big piece to that. And yeah, obviously playoffs aren't a big factor, so we're not going to go into that. But because Rendon was so good and so important to that offense, he really led them. Because Juan Soto struggled too in the second half, and Rendon was the mainstay for the Washington Nationals to get where they were. And I just, to me, I think that's just more valuable than what Bellinger did in the second half because the Dodgers were already dominating the NL West. The NL West was not that great once again in baseball. It was literally a two-team race. And to me, that's just not an MVP. I think you just got to go with Rendon. Yeah, and you talked about the the moving target. I mean, um, a lot of writers will vote because the team did well, not really the player did Mm -hmm. that well. Um, I honestly, I think Cody Bellinger should have won it. And I think... When you look at the first half, it was really his award to lose. And I don't think he did enough to lose in the second half. That's just my view. Okay. And uh, Rendon, I, by any measure, would win the MVP. But Cody Bellinger's first half was godlike. It was like it was. off the charts mm-hmm. good. So at that point, I mean, he's going to have to literally tank to not win MVP. And I don't think he tanked. I mean, 263 batting average, still a 371 on base percentage, yeah. which is pretty solid. And then 17 home runs. In the second half, I I don't think that's terrible. I mean, it's not his first half, but it's pretty, <laughs> no. pretty good still, <laughs> Double right? Double his home runs in his first half. Yeah. So, Nick, where do you stand on some of this? Uh, I think I think it's tough to go against Yelich. I think it's it's, it's you like Yelich. I do like Yelich. I think it's sad that the the injury had to end his chance at repeating it. Look at looking at the numbers. I mean, he still had better numbers in the very comparable numbers, playing less less than a month. Than Bellinger, I know WAR is obviously the big thing, and they had similar WARS depending on where you look at the the stats. But I I think Yelich should have won. I mean, he was one of the main offensive weapons, one of the only stars on that team that really carried them. And obviously, they did. They at the end, they really kind of teamed up, and everyone decided to perform well. But if you look at the other teams, I mean, the Nationals they did struggle, but they do have stars on that team. They do have all stars on that team. Look at the Dodgers. Obviously, that's one of the most star-studded teams in the league. But I think. It was tough to not give it to Yelich. The injury really kind of 
is obviously look at the reason he didn't win it. But you look at Trout, he wins it with an injury, and he's still in a tight competition with Bregman. Um, so I I I didn't understand. I mean, obviously Bellinger had a great season. We talked about that. Obviously him and Yelich were going back back and forth that that season, kind of the, the whole talk of the town being those two MVP guys. But I don't know how Yelich doesn't win this award. Obviously he had better he had a better average, better on base percentage, better slugging, uh, just a few less home runs. Um, had more had more stolen bases. Was a 40-30 guy. But uh, but Bellinger winning the award, I think it points to just the fact that that they're a postseason bound team and not just a wild card bound team. I think yeah, Yelich's injury hurt him a lot because a lot of the writers were voting recency bias, and so Yelich didn't play the last three weeks mm-hmm. of the season, and so writers didn't really think. I don't know. He got second, so Rendon got third. I should clarify that. And mm-hmm. Yelich actually led the league in OPS plus, which is a stat that kind of takes in a lot of offensive stats. And his OPS was over a thousand for the second straight year. That's pretty crazy. Um, but like I said, Bellinger's first half, it was his to lose. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he lost it. Yelich had a great season by any measure. And if he doesn't get hurt, this is his to lose as well. Um, but he did. And I think that hurt because you, I mean, you kind of, I don't like voting an award because of a team, um, but you look Yelich's injury. If he's, if he's healthy, I mean, the Brewers had one of those historic runs at the end there, but if he's healthy, are they even better? I don't know. It's one of those things where, what if? And so I honestly think all three are deserving, but I'm, I can't argue with Bellinger. I don't think you can argue with any of them if they no, even it was good. Those are all yeah. three great players. They are. So let's move on to Cy Young uh, awards here. So Jacob deGrom, guys, just kind of crazy. He came out of, like, no one really was talking about him all year because the Mets are just kind of those teams like, okay, dumpster fire. Let's not talk about the the pitcher that literally has won back-to-back Cy Youngs and leads the NL in strikeouts. But another great season for DeGrom, quietly. Did not see that coming. When I like looked at the stats at the end of the season, I'm like, holy crap, Jacob DeGrom, <laughs> what mm-hmm. a year. Just weird. Um, but in the American League side, definitely some controversy. Justin Verlander won over Garrett Cole, even though Garrett Cole won or had one of those historic second halves. Uh, Robert, this is kind of that second half, first half argument. Because Garrett Cole did kind of get roughed up a little bit in the first half, uh, but he really settled down after May. But mm-hmm. did you have a problem with Justin Verlander winning this, or was it kind of toss-up for you? Actually, yeah, I do have a problem with it. And this is the number one stat in today's game, as far as pitchers giving him up, home runs. Verlander gave up too many home runs for me to pick him as the favorite. Garrett Cole was below him in home runs. Now, that to me is one of the big factors because you look at how close they were in ERA, whip, strikeouts. So it was like hand in hand. Cole was a little bit better than this, or Verlander was a little bit better yeah, than that. Cole had more but, strikeouts. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like it was like that tight. But then when you look at home runs, Verlander was a little bit more on the whole, giving up home runs than Garrett Cole. And for me, that's the deciding factor because how valuable are home runs in today's game? Extremely valuable. And if Verlander's giving up too many of them, he should not be a Cy Young favorite. That is just that's plain and simple. That's just my opinion. There's no way you can give yeah. the best award to the best pitcher if he's given up, what, top three in home runs in baseball? That's unacceptable. Yeah. I'm going to get a little ner- – yeah, go ahead, Robert. No, I was just saying, I think they did this one wrong. I think I think Cole definitely deserved it because yeah. of the home runs given up by Verlander. I agree, and I was shocked to see this because Garrett Cole, everyone was talking about him, about how good he was. And usually when you know everyone's talking about him, He'll, they'll get the votes, and you, I'm going to dig in a little bit deeper. Garrett Cole led the MLB by a wide margin in expected FIP and FIP, which kind of takes in to account um, balls hit and play that were or it, it measures the effectiveness at preventing home runs, walks, hit by pitches, and causing strikeouts. So Garrett Cole was obviously 
just think of those stats. He was dominant in all those stats. His ear, he led the league in ERA and strikeouts, ERA plus, strikeout per nine. This guy was a stud. I am really shocked to see him not win it just because of the sheer dominance that he displayed in the second half. I mean, these the strikeout numbers mm-hmm. are unreal. And the storyline is kind of what drives some of these awards, like it or not. It's about kind of the storyline. And so I'm really shocked to see Colden win this. Nick, do you got any thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. I'm I'm shocked. I think looking at it from just a quick glance, you look at it, and it's like really it could be a co co young. Same team who can't really defer the, the defense situation because they had the same defenses on the field to pitch in the same stadiums. Uh, but it just seemed like looking at it, it seemed looked like Cole just kind of had that edge and everything else. Obviously, we Paul, you talked about the home runs and Luke you talked about the strikeouts, and that is really what the game is about is strikeouts and not giving up home runs during a home kind of a home run season. And Cole was better that than Verlander in both those categories. So I I think it is a little bit of a interesting thing that they didn't give it to Cole. But again, I is it was such a tight race. I know some people are pointing to Verlander's innings pitch that he had so many that he, that he had a more inning pitch than Cole. But I think it's it's it was Cole's award that that Verlander got. And I but I don't think it's really Either one was a was a walk away, blow away. It was obviously going to come down to these two, and I think Cole was. I'm I'm agree with you guys. I think Cole was a little bit more deserving. All right, and the last thing we'll wrap up here with is the uh, the Twins making a solid move for starting pitcher. Uh, but first, we're going to get a quick word from our sponsor. We'll be back in a sec. Everyone knows you can save money on your auto insurance at State Farm, but you know they can also help build your credit. Give Zach Hiring State Farm in Moorhead a call to help with all your insurance needs or questions. Zach and his team will ensure you are covered properly and will help you build your assets for a successful future. Zach Hiring State Farm is located just south of I-94 and east of 8th Street in Moorhead, Minnesota. Give them a call today at 218-236-8000. That's 218-236-8000. All right, we are back. So as I alluded to, the Twins made a qualifying offer to Jake Odorizzi, who was a stud in that rotation in 2018, really helped him sure up that uh, rotation that was kind of shaky. Made a qualifying offer, so $17.8 million. Jake Odorizzi actually accepted, so it'll be a one-year deal for him, and he'll become a free agent in 2020 instead of 2019, which uh, 2020 has a lot of a, a lot thinner starting pitcher class, so I'm guessing he's going for the money there but i think it's a good deal for both sides is that how you guys saw it nick yeah i definitely do i think it's obviously gonna prove it year for order is like you said it's, it's a much easier class coming up a uh, much easier way for him to make money and if he wants to make a lot of money pitchers got to pitch well in their their final year and so i think it's going to be a good prove a year for him uh i think the twins i think it's 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 great for the twins they get they get to save one of their starting pitching because it was going to look like they just had barrios coming into the offseason but i think it, it was nice and easy to keep him in the organization keep him where he's comfortable where he's performed well uh i think it's it's good for both sides and it, it's probably his best season to date so the twins are getting him off kind of uh you know really a 3.51 era uh most of the career high in strikeouts mm-hmm. uh, 159 innings so by any measure a solid uh career year for jake odorizzi and really a, a pickup for the twins they really needed because they lost four of their five starters from last year so getting jake odorizzi back which it with jose barrios is going to be really crucial and now they have to go out and get a few more starting pitchers um robert jake odorizzi's style the fly ball pitcher in target field 
really played well for him in 2019. Do you think it's going to play well for him in 2020? No, I really like Jake Odorizzi, Luke. I think he's a good fit. I liked him a lot this year, especially in fantasy baseball. And I think he can actually be better. I think he had some time where he struggled a little bit. And I think he really can be a lot better because I think the Twins, depending on how they go about this free agency this offseason, that this team can be a little bit more competitive than it was last year. Last year, it seemed like they were very competitive because they're always trying to fight with the Indians. But having Oda Rizzi with Barrios is a nice little cushion, but it just starts there. It's not over. But with Oda Rizzi and how well he performed last year, I think it's a great fit. And I look at it next year when Oda Rizzi becomes a free agent, he might be one of the best free agents starting pitching on the market. Because you look at him, you look at Trevor Bauer, you look at Tanaka, you can argue which one you think is better. But I think Oda Rizzi has put himself in a great position to be a very valuable free agent come 2021. Yeah, and I think Paxton's also a free agent, and he had a really good second half for the Yankees, so he could be a, a factor there. But Joe Rizzi's definitely going to be a top-five free agent next year, uh, looking at the class. And uh, now the Twins really need to build off this. I mean, get Matt, get you got to get a bigger name. Get Madison Bumgarner, get Zach Wheeler. Then we're talking, right? There was an article There was an article today that said they might go get both of them, so Luke, you might have nailed it. If I we'll nail it, it, I am. might have heard this. They might have heard the podcast. I'm going to give up everything if I nailed it. I think I've accomplished <laughs> all I need to accomplish. Okay, let's wrap things up with the name game and then uh, wrap up everything. Uh, name game was Trevor Holiday, and so Nick said no, and Robert said yes. Robert, the streak has ended. Oh, Nick, Nick is oh, right. This is so Trevor Holiday was not a real name. Oh, come on. I was thinking about saying like a second baseman for the Rockies, like Matt Holiday's like yeah. brother or something. Yeah. I was oh. like, oh, they're gonna call me out on that one. He's so I went there. Ah, Trevor. Hmm. Yeah. So Noah's going in uh I guess he didn't get anything wrong this week. He still got a streak. Oh, man. Nick's starting a streak. We'll see how this uh carries on right now. I needed the security. Yeah, you needed someone to back <laughs> up and reassurance. No doubt. Thanks for uh tuning in, everybody. Uh, just want to remind you, we're on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, review, rate, and share with your friends. We'd appreciate it. We want to get all the baseball fans included in this podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at StitchesPod. That's at StitchesPod. And then uh, share some emails. We'll have some questions. Uh, we can answer them. So, uh, so send your questions to the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Stitches Podcast. Edgemail.com. Our next episode, just to give you a look at our two weeks ahead here, our next episode will be our end of the season recap. We'll go over our uh, preseason predictions that we did all the way back in March. I can't even imagine how long, like, seriously, yeah. March seems like two years ago. Uh, so we're going to go all the way back to March, dig those up, and we're going to bring them to you, hold ourselves accountable. How did we do with our predictions? Are we full of crap or were we pretty good? We'll see. And then uh, next episode, we'll have a special Q&A segment with the Des Moines Register's Tommy Birch, who covers the Iowa Cubs in Des Moines. And we'll talk about some Chicago Cubs minor league system and maybe what some of their plans are for the offseason. So make sure to keep a lookout for that in a couple weeks. So some exciting episodes, and we appreciate you tuning in this week. And we'll be uh, sending those out over the next uh, 14 days. So uh, everybody take care, and we'll talk to you next week.